It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. With that said, let's start with the bullpen. I think those are the, that's actually the more boring part because I think the the bats are always going to be sexier than bullpen arms, some of which guys you may not have heard of, you know, six months ago. So here's my big list of bullpen arms. All right, are you ready? Drum roll, please. Number one, we'll start with the obvious. David Robertson. Uh, we just watched him for Chicago. He's 37, 38 years old. So he ain't young. He's not making a ton of money. He is having a really, really good season. He's a guy that we know can handle New York. He's a guy that we know can shift back into a seventh or eighth inning role. I'm all good with David Robertson. What should the price tag be for a reliever? Look, I don't think there's any reliever out there where I would be giving up top-end, top-shelf prospects. Uh, I don't think there's any reliever, maybe outside of Bednar of Pittsburgh, where I would even consider that. Bednar's a little different because, A, I think he's better than everybody else, and you've got team control over him. David Robertson is a guy who's a rental. You know, he's Tyler Clippard from a few years ago. He's, I don't want to say Billy Taylor or Mel Rojas because those are bad examples, but Addison Reed of a couple of years ago. Uh, no issue with going after David Robertson. It's a good addition. I think he's clearly going to be traded, Pete, being on a team like the Chicago Cubs. There's absolutely no reason to keep him. So David Robertson, I, you'd agree with me, is a good get if the Mets could go get him? I think he's one of the better ones, and he's proven he could do it in New York. And right now he's having a hell of a season, so that, that I definitely would double down on for sure. All right, number two. I think you have this guy on your fantasy team, so you're probably going to be very familiar with his ups and downs. And that is former New York Met prospect, a guy we mentioned earlier on in this podcast, and that's Michael Fulmer, who had the injury a couple of years ago, came back as a starter. They quickly realized, wait a second, Michael Fulmer's career as a starting pitcher is over at age 27. They moved him to the bullpen last year. He's been pitching as the middleman in that bullpen this year with Soto as the closer. Uh, he's still relatively young. He is a free agent, I think, at the end of this season. So it's another sort of rental. You would have to think the Tigers are moving him. I mean, you're not building around a bullpen arm, especially when you got Soto. Michael Fulmer of the Detroit Tigers. You're all in on him? Uh, that was my number one choice, actually. I like Robertson, but... but number Fulmer, one? Fulmer's the guy... Oh, no question, because he's one of those guys. And this is what I like about him. He's younger than Robertson, but... He's versatile. He doesn't have to come in in the 8th, 7th, ninth. He can come in at any inning that you ask him to. It's it's best time, best availability. He goes in, and he put, he's been put up a great season this year, and I love him out of the bullpen. So, interesting thing on Michael Fulmer to keep an eye on. Obviously, the Mets only have one lefty out of their bullpen, Joely Rodriguez, who hasn't exactly dominated lefties. His splits have been more... I haven't checked them in a while, but last check, they were sort of backwards. Michael Fulmer has extreme splits. Now, it doesn't help the whole the Mets need a lefty idea. Michael Fulmer has been hell on right-handed hitters. Right-handed hitters this year against Michael Fulmer are hitting 097 with a 312 OPS. That's absurd. I mean, that's elite-level best reliever in baseball. Lefties have hit him, though. 283 average, 853 OPS. So you've got extreme, extreme splits with Michael Fulmer. He's been nightmarish against right-handed hitters. 
But Michael Fulmer, clearly a guy I think the Tigers would trade with him being a free agent at the end of the year, having a solid year, fits right into that seventh, eighth inning mold. I'm going to throw something creative at you because I don't know how many people have mentioned this. If someone has, I apologize. Noah Syndergaard, and I want you to hear me out on this. Noah Syndergaard accomplishes two things. Forget about his time here, and I don't think any of that, any of that crap matters. All right? What I think about him, what Met fans think about him, it's irrelevant. We're talking about a, a body, a human. Noah Syndergaard has had a very average season. He got off to a good start, had a couple of really bad starts. Overall, his numbers are pedestrian. You get Noah Syndergaard right now, he's a depth arm. You know, Jacob DeGrom's out, Jacob DeGrom's back, you know, Tyler McGill never comes back. Uh-oh, Chris Bassett's hurt. He can give you depth in the rotation, but that's not why I'm trading for him. I remember what he did in 2015 out of the bullpen. And I wonder, a year removed, a year and a half removed now from Tommy John, could Noah Syndergaard be a viable weapon? Will you tell Noah, I'm asking for three outs, kid. I'm asking for four outs. I'm asking for you to come out of this bullpen with that beautiful blonde hair flopping all over the place. And I'm asking you to dominate for 30 pitches, for 25 pitches. We saw Nua do it out of the bullpen in 2015, including that game five in L.A. Why not? Why the hell not? He accomplishes two things if you're the New York Mets, as opposed to all these other relievers. If you do have issues in the rotation, he's a guy. And he's not a terrible guy. I mean... He's not the worst depth guy you could acquire. So number one, if you need him in the short term to start, that's fine. But obviously in the postseason, he's not starting in the postseason. I'm now, throwing him in that bullpen. What do you think of that? And, and it's funny because we talked about that for a long time. I, we used to get phone calls with Diaz was terrible. It's like, how about you make uh, Noah Syndergaard the closer? You know, that was something that was thrown out there just because he was so unhealthy and he was not able to sustain the, the length of a full season. It's not a bad idea. I feel like the time, it's one of those things where it's like out of sight, out of mind, like Conforto done moving on with it. You don't need to bring him back. But if it's good, it, it could work. So I'm open to the idea. He's not on the top of my list, though. He's not. I sold you. I sold you. Because you know, as, soon as, I, <laughs> as soon as I said his name, you were shaking your head like, ah, it's a terrible idea. All right, I'll go real quick with some of these guys. Andrew Chafin, lefty Detroit Tigers. Remember the Mets were going after him during the offseason. I think they do need to add a left-handed reliever. Joely Rodriguez isn't going to cut it. The guy who's had a great year is this Kyle Nelson of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Again, where the hell's Arizona going? He's been lethal against lefties. He's only 26 years old, has a 180 RA. Andrew Puck of the Oakland A's. We know the Oakland A's are going to sell. AJ Puck's a nice little left-handed target. Uh, I don't know if the Tigers trade Soto. I mentioned Soto earlier. Gregory Soto, the Detroit Tigers. He's been their closer. I wonder, because of his age, he's still 26 years old, he's not a free agent at the end of the year, if Detroit would move off of him. But I think guys who are free agents at the end of the year, like Fulmer, like Chafin, make a little bit more sense. But I wrote Soto down as well. Some of the other relievers, Daniel Bard is interesting, but he kind of scares me. He's 37 years old. His peripherals are not that great, despite having a 202 ERA. I know he's done it in Colorado, but they acquire him. It's an upgrade, but I'd be nervous. Alex Colomay, same way. He's got good numbers against lefties, so he's got the reverse splits going on out of Colorado. I saw Colomay look so bad for the first two months of last year. I could see that same thing happening. I like Jorge Lopez of the Orioles, but as we'll discuss later with Trey Mancini, can the Orioles really sell? I, I, I hesitate on that. Now, if they are selling great, that, that's fine. 
I just really wonder. The, think about every other name I've mentioned. The Detroit Tigers, the Chicago Cubs, the Angels, the Tigers, the Pirates, the Diamondbacks. I mean, these are clear sellers. I don't want to waste our time, Pete, on teams that are not selling. Like, oh, the Red Sox. The Red Sox aren't selling. And I wonder where the Orioles are. I lived down there for a few years. I kind of have a warm spot for the Orioles. It would be a disgrace, a, a disgrace if the Baltimore Orioles were selling. I got to tell you, they're right there in the wild card race. So I mentioned Lopez's name mainly because I wrote it down three weeks ago before, he, before the Orioles went on the winning streak. Uh, I don't know, man. Listen, if the, if, the Red Sox, if the Red Sox aren't selling, then the Orioles shouldn't sell either. That, that's the way I look at it right now. The only difference is the Orioles have pathetic ownership, and they have always kind of had this loser mentality down there. I mentioned David Bender of the Pittsburgh Pirates. He'd be, I think, the, of all the relievers that became available, to me, Bedner would be number one on my list if he is available, and I think the price tag may be high, and I wouldn't touch Mark Melanson with a 50-foot pole. I think he sucks. I think he's done, and I think he sucks. Have I missed any relievers, Pete? All right, so I have a few. I'll name two off the top. They're both lefties. They're both from Texas. One is an old starting pitcher who's turned into a relief pitcher who's been doing all right, Matt Moore. If you look at his numbers, they've been solid. He's got a very low ERA. I don't know how comfortable I am with him, but he's not a starting pitcher. He's a relief pitcher now, and it right. seems like he's doing okay. And again, it's a very cheap deal. It's a minor league deal that they signed him to. So he's performing at a high rate. He's going to be cheap. I know that we don't want to go cheap, but the other guy on the Texas Rangers who I don't think they'll get, but Brock Burke is mm-hmm. is phenomenal. I think it's like a low one ERA, 49 strikeouts, like 11 walks in 40-something innings. 25 years old. He's not a free agent until 2027, so that's probably not going to happen. But I would think if they could find a way to steal something like that, like that, that's a piece that you could build upon for a while in the bullpen. And then there's one other, that free agent 2024, Chicago White Sox. I'm not sure if they sell mode what they're at, but Ronaldo Lopez is having a great season out of the bullpen. I, I think yeah. that's something you got to look at. So a couple of things. Matt Moore is interesting because it looks like maybe he's found himself now as a reliever. He's another one of those guys that have reverse splits, which is not, by the way, the end of the world. We don't live in a loogie era anymore in which, boy, you better shut down lefties. You're going to have to get righties out too. That's just the world we live in. But I did notice Matt Moore when I looked it up a while ago that he had reverse splits where lefties were actually hitting him better. I wonder about Texas because Texas was the one team I got to. And despite being eight games under 500 despite being eight games out of a playoff spot, they have all the makings of a team where I agree they're out of it. They're going to sell. I don't know about them. I, I think their mentality after they signed Seager, after they signed Simeon, you're going to hear their name mentioned a lot with Juan Soto. I just wonder if Texas is selling. They may be like close enough, even though they're not particularly close. I mean, they're eight games out of a playoff spot that I don't know if they're necessarily going to sell. And I'd be surprised if they traded Burke because of his youth, like you mentioned. I think if they're going to sell, you're more likely to deal a guy who's probably gone at the end of the year in Matt Moore. And the White Sox are also fascinating because they're right at 500. They are literally two games back in the loss column in the American League Central. Considering how high their expectations were coming into this season. Because I've been back and forth on Jose Abreu, another guy who would make a lot of sense from Chicago. I just can't see the White Sox that close to first place selling. I know they did the white flag trades many, many years ago. But in this era we live in, where so many teams make the playoffs, and they're right there, and they had championship expectations coming into the season. I think they were my team to get to the ALCS or whatever the hell I said about them. I look like an idiot with them, and that's fine. (laughs) I don't really care at the end of the day. 
I, I doubt they'll start the sell-off. I doubt that. Well, listen, if now, the Rooster keeps on walking people after he throws a first pitch and then gives them full walks on four... Like, have you seen the Rooster's thing? He, like, throws him a first pitch, it's a strike, and then decides to, to intentionally walk him. Like, Tony La Russa, if his name wasn't Tony La Russa, would have been fired two months ago. Exactly. And... I mean, that's a mistake by Jerry Reinsdorf's part. That's his deal. You know, screw him. Not our problem. But I think his friendship and his love and respect and admiration for Tony La Russa has kind of affected what they should have done. What they should have done is what the Philadelphia Phillies did. That's what they should have done. They would have said, hey, let's fire the manager and maybe this team gets going. Now, let's get to the bats, all right? Because this team clearly needs to add a bat. Who the hell's kidding ourselves? Dom Smith, J.D. Davis, not the answer at DH. What I do find enjoyable about this exercise, because they need a DH, not a left fielder, not a first baseman, not a third baseman, you really can open this up to anybody. Because I'm not married to a position. I mean, if the guy could play first base, great. Give Pete Alonso a day off. If the guy could play third base, great. Eduardo Escobar has been streaky this year. If the guy can play left field, okay, great. To me, it doesn't really matter where the guy plays defensively as long as he can hit. So we'll start with the obvious Josh Bell. Uh, He's having a great year for the Washington Nationals. He's hitting over 300. He's got 13 home runs, switch hitter. Uh, I think his numbers are a lot better right-handed, which is actually good for a team in the Mets that have struggled against left-handed pitching. I think the price will be high, even though he's a free agent at the end of the year, mainly because he's one of the better bats available. The appealing part of Nelson Cruz is that you have to think he's cheap. And keep this in mind about Cruz. When you see his numbers and you see 248 home runs, 48 RBIs, his numbers in April were so bad that if you just looked at May, June, and July, and he struggled in July, I admit that, but if you look at those three months, you're going to see a very different baseball player, very different view. And he obviously is strictly a DH at this point in his career. And he's not going to cost you a lot. I just can't imagine it's costing much of a prospect. Uh, One idea around Bell, I know this has been linked to Soto now a lot too, is the idea of taking back Patrick Corbin, taking back Steven Strasburg. I know Steve Cohen's got money. And so using money as a weapon seems like a great idea. The problem is Corbin's contract is so stupid for the next two years. He's making $25 million next year and $35 million the year after that. I just fear at some point Cohen's going to have a budget. I don't know what it is. It's probably going to be very, very high. And do you really want to be stuck paying Patrick Corbin $35 million when you can give a better prospect up, as much as I hate to give up prospects, and not have to be saddled with $35 million on Corbin? It's one thing if you're taking Soto back. You're taking Juan Soto back, you're going to do a lot of stupid things, and you're going to like it because it's Juan Soto. But when it comes to Josh Bell or Nelson Cruz, I have a tougher time rationalizing that. And one other thing to keep in mind, and I do think this is relevant, despite the fact the Nationals have been mostly good. The New York Mets and the Washington Nationals do not make trades. The history backs me up on this. They don't. They don't make a lot of trades. The last time they made a trade, and I wouldn't even count it, is when the Mets sold them Matt Reynolds for a few hundred thousand dollars. Let's not count that. Okay, let's go back earlier. The last time they made a trade before that is when they acquired Jerry Blevins right before opening day. We're talking about minor, minor deals. You want to go back before that? You probably have the whole Brian Schneider, Ryan Church trade. So the Nationals and Mets, and and I don't know if it's a Mike Rizzo thing, but they don't make trades together. So forget Juan Soto. We're not going to spend that much time on that. You'll hear that everywhere else. 
I'm skeptical that the Mets and the Nationals are going to make deals together. They haven't over years past. Granted, the situations have been different, but I think Mike Rizzo freaking hates the Mets. And I think, yeah, he may say, I'll trade you Nelson Cruz, but he may require more from the Mets than he may need from, I don't know, the freaking St. Louis Cardinals. Just keep that in mind. Uh, my number one guy offensively that I would love for this team to go get is C.J. Crone of the Colorado Rockies. He has signed past this year, which could cause the Rockies to not want to trade him. He's on one of the more affordable deals in the world. He's only making $7 million a year. He's having a monster, monster season. I know there are splits that show, hey, he hasn't been the same player on the road. I get that. We're always going to get that with Colorado players. I'm not as afraid of that. To me, when you look at the production he's had this year, the power numbers that he has supplied, and the fact that it's not a pure rental, you have him next year, too, to slot in at DH and give Pete Alonso some days off, that would be the guy to go get. But I'm skeptical the Rockies trade him. The Rockies have held on to guys in the past. We saw that just a year ago with what's-his-name, with uh, Trevor Story. And the price tag may be high because he assigned to another year at $7.5 million. But CJ's got 21 home runs. He's driven in close to 70 runs this year. When you look at production, he's one of the best guys out there. They could get Mike Moustakis for nothing. The problem is Mike Moustakis looks cooked. He looks absolutely cooked. He's got another year where he's making big money. You may be able to get him and get something else because the Reds may be so desperate for you to take that contract. So you could get Diaz, Edwin's brother, possibly as a throw-in. Hey, just take him. So you could take the Moustakis contract. You can certainly attach it to Luis Castillo if you want. Look, I like Luis Castillo. I don't love the idea of giving up top prospects for a pitcher right now because I don't think that's their number one need. Their number one need is a bat. And yeah, you got a lot of free agents in this staff. I understand that. You could lock in Castillo into this rotation for the next bunch of years. But I don't know. I, I, I don't love the idea of necessarily going out and trading top prospects for a pitcher. That's just me. You disagree with me on that, Hoff? Uh, I don't disagree. There's one pitcher that I would make a move for that I think he's got an option next year, but I think he's having such an excelled season that he'll definitely opt out. However, again, we don't know if the Giants are looking to what they're doing. You know, the Giants are in the mix right now. You know, I'm hoping for like an eight-game losing streak and they have to sell really quickly because I, I think that um, – I had it right in front of me now. But Carlos Rodon is having an amazing season. And Jock Peterson is somebody that I'd like to find a way to combo those two together. Well, that, listen, that's the guy I'm thinking about. Because to me, Jock Peterson, if the Giants deal him, he's on a one-year deal. He's got like an 850 OPS. He tortured the Mets, as we remember, not too long ago. Big part of the postseason run a year ago. The Giant thing's weird, though. You touched on it, man. They're in it. They're in a pennant race. Are they going to turn around and start selling off the free agents they just acquired? Maybe because they were free agents they just acquired, and Peterson and Rodone, they, they have less of attachment to saying, ah, you know what, let's cash out and get a few prospects for those guys. Peterson would be outstanding. One year left on his deal, a big, hulking slugger that he's become. The only thing that concerns me is that Tommy Pham slaps him in the face, and he's like, sure, whatever, no big deal. I, I deserved it. I mean, give me a freaking break. But yeah, I think the Giants are a very interesting team to keep an eye on. They are in it right now, but we don't know what, really what their mindset is. Uh, Charlie Blackman, he's having an average season. There's a $10 million player on option on him next year. Another one of those guys, I'm not overly concerned about being away from Coors Field. I can't imagine he's going to cost a lot. 
because of the money that he makes. So that may scare some teams off in terms of what they have to owe him. But Blackman's a guy. And how about this one? I'm intrigued by this one. The only negative is he's not a free agent for a long time. So there may not be a rush for the Diamondbacks to trade him. And that's Christian Walker, the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's got big splits against lefties. He's at 22 home runs. Don't be scared off by the average. He's hitting 204. I get it. But he's got almost an 800 OPS. I think he's uh, run into the J.D. Davis syndrome. where He's hit a lot of balls hard. So his average should come up with some better luck. But he is signed, or at least team control of him, until 2025. But he's 31 years old. So if you're the Diamondbacks, like, are you really attached to him that much? He's making no money. I, so, I mean, yeah, Christian Walker, that's someone that I circled and then crossed off very quickly. But Why? You, well, because, again, I just I feel like he's always been this like Joey Gallo-esque player. He'll hit you a ton of home runs. They can use that. I understand, but there's a lot of guys, like you, and there's other guys cheaper, like a Daniel Vogelbach. I can't stand him in Pittsburgh. I mean, he's someone that he had a 30 home run year once. He has that potential. He's a big lefty at bat. He's got no one in Pittsburgh to really bat around him, so he's not getting that many opportunities. But he can do the same thing, just as effective. And with a, in a Mets lineup, could be better. All right. No, Vogelbach was a guy I was keeping an eye on, too, with Pittsburgh. I guess I prefer a right-hander, but I understand it. Ian Happ of the Chicago Cubs. Another one, he's got one more year of arbitration eligibility, so he got one more year of team control. Switch hitter, pounds left-handed pitching. Not the prototypical slugger, slugger that maybe I'd want, but he's had a very solid year. Garrett Cooper of the Miami Marlins, another guy, though he's under team control for a couple more years. Uh, Hunter Dozier of the Kansas City Royals, which I'm sure the Mets would love him because of the versatility. He plays third base. He plays first base. He plays outfield. There's an option next year at, I think it's like $10 million. His numbers don't jump out at you, but he's an upgrade right now offensively, I think at least, over J.D. Davis and over Dom Smith. I mentioned Andrew Benintendi. I don't think they're going to be hot for Andrew Benintendi. See, the Mets need, you know, you mentioned earlier, about a minute ago, another Joey Gallo. Now, I'm not saying the Mets should go after Joey Gallo by any stretch, but they actually need a guy like that, a, a slugger. Like, a guy who, he may not hit for the highest average, he may strike out a lot, but he's got pop. And the reason why that makes sense for this lineup, maybe more so than other lineups, is that the Mets already have that grinded-out kind of team. That's what they have. And it's fine, by the way. They remind me a little bit offensively of the Kansas City Royals in 2015, which is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But I think if you want to take this lineup to another level... You want to give it more versatility, and that's another guy who can hit the ball over the fence. One other bat I want to mention, because he qualifies in the whole catching upgrade angle, is Sean Murphy of the Oakland A's. Murphy is major upgrade offensively over Tomas Nitto, major upgrade over James McCann, God knows when he comes back, and he's a gold-glove uh, gold caliber catcher. So while you're upgrading yourself offensively, unlike Wilson Contreras, who is a tremendous hitter, but you're going to lose a little bit glove-wise. Murphy is very steady. He's caught Bassett in the past, who's very complicated to catch, as we know. If they want to add a catcher, I don't know what the tag's going to be on him because he's signed. He's under team control for like three more years. So the A's may not be in a rush to deal him because they don't really have to pay him big-time money quite yet. 
But that's one of the catchers to keep an eye on if the Mets are looking for an upgraded catcher. Because right now, they're going to go to war with Tomas Nitto and Patrick Mazika. I don't think they're calling up Alvarez anytime soon, nor do I think they trust him defensively. McCann's going to be out for an extended period of time. So if they look at the Mazika-Nitto combo and say, hey, we could use an upgrade, I think Sean Murphy would make a lot of sense. Have I missed anybody, Hoff? Uh, two people. One is realistically going to get traded from the Reds. Uh, Brennan Drury. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned him at all. He's a guy very versatile. He can play a bunch of different positions. He's going to be traded from the Reds, no doubt. That's a great call. No, that's a great call. And I, and I apologize because I had a few people mention that to me in the last couple of days. And I think I just completely forgot to write him down. Uh, it's weird because we just had him. <laughs> I mean, and he was, he was him good. Too. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. He, but with the Yankees, he sucked. With the Mets, he was actually good last year. He was a productive yes. player. You're right. And anyone who's mentioned them is right. Right-handed bat gives you the versatility of playing anywhere in the infield. I don't believe this year that he's having is a fluke by any stretch. So I don't think he's just going to come here and stop hitting. I think Drury's a really solid target, and you'd have to think the Reds are trading him. He's a free agent at the end of the year. He's making no money. They're not going anywhere. Drury's a very solid option if the Mets could get him for a good price. Uh, and just to solidify or, or piggyback off of what you said, and I'll name the last guy that I have on my list. You mentioned how basically just one bat is a power bat. And it really just reflects on how good of an offseason the Mets have had because in years past, it's always like, oh, they have one or two guys that are really, you know, unbelievable, but they're missing so many pieces. They fixed all the holes this year, which is pretty right. impressive. They did a really good job. So got to give kudos to Billy Epler and everybody else on board. But here's the one other. We talked about Juan Soto and the, uh, the possibility of him being traded before the deadline. How about this? Because he's up for soon to be a year away from free agency. Shohei Otani. Is it a possibility that the Angels <laughs> trade him? No, because you think about it. You talk about, well, why won't the Reds get rid of uh, Brand, tra- trade Brand Drury? He's a free agent. Well, Shohei Otani, he's got one year left after this, if I'm correct, right? Yeah. So- it, there's an answer to this because I don't think the Angels are ready to just say, okay, this has all failed. Like, they may get to that point, you know, maybe after this season, if they lose 95 games, and they certainly seem on their way, they may reevaluate and have a major auction where they say, all right, this isn't going anywhere. Let's trade Otani. I don't know if they'll ever do that with Mike Trout. I just doubt it. And especially if Soto's traded and they see the package that the Nationals get and the Angels say, holy crap, well, they got that for Soto. Let's auction them off. I just don't think that's something that happens right now. And I remain skeptical Soto's traded right now. I really have a tough time believing that the Soto thing comes together all before the trade deadline. I think you open yourself up. Even though you're cutting off the Mets and the Yankees and these other teams saying you only have two shots with Soto to win a title as opposed to three if you trade him right now, which absolutely is significant. I do think you widen the net with a lot of teams, even small market teams, that say, hey, two full years of Juan Soto? F it. Let's do it. So I just, I I get it because the Angels suck. And so from afar, it's like, hey, why not? I just don't think that's something they would entertain until the offseason. But of course, look, would you consider it at that point? The problem is once I'm a year away from him being a free agent, a part of me doesn't want to give up any prospects. A part of me says, I'll just wait till he's a free agent and try to outbid everybody. It feels different with Soto. Feels a little different with Soto because of the extra year. That, that's fine, and that, but this is why I don't understand how the, the teams don't think ahead in this aspect of it. Like, when the Mets let Jose Reyes walk for nothing, basically. It's like, you built a stadium for him, first of all. You built a stadium for this guy, and then in the end, you made a choice of David Wright over Jose Reyes, which I was still fine with, 
but they really never had the intention to sign both. Like you have to have an idea of what you're doing going into an offseason and you have to to unload when you can to get something back. Yeah, but I don't think the Angels have made that decision. I don't think they've decided to trade Shohei Otani. I don't think they've given up on that idea. Well, I'm making it for them. They should trade him. <laughs> You're just trying to convince them. Let's go. I understand. I completely understand. Please, please trade. It's a good strategy to have. Please, please trade him. Uh, we'll do more on this trade deadline as we get closer and the rumors start to percolate, and obviously we'll react to it. We'll come back after the series against the San Diego Padres and wrap up the first series of the All-Star break, and obviously we'll have some fun with the Subway Series next week, the New York Mets against the New York Yankees. You could drop us a note, at Evan Roberts, WFAN. And what's your Twitter handle, at Pete Hoffman or something? It's at the Hoff, WFAN. At the Hoff, WFAN. There we go. And, of course, leave a comment, leave a review. We appreciate you listening to Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>